Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 17 of Hollywood Week, the podcast. My name is Keenan Culler, and I am joined once again by the heart of Chicago, the almost doctor, and the almost doctor, Robotnik. Oh, <laughs> It's Kaysen Color. Kaysen, how you doing? Fresh out of the theater seeing Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm great, Keenan. Uh, yeah, I just saw Sonic. I cannot wait to talk about that later. Um, I, I saw a lot of good stuff this week, actually. I've been having a pretty good week. Now, Kaysen, it's funny because we joke around a lot on the show about your age. I think that you're in your 20s, but then when I heard you saw Sonic, I realized I was wrong, and you must have been, <laughs> a, what, 11, 12? How old are you? Uh, so I, I saw this movie at like 3, you know, whatever, 3.15 on a Monday afternoon, uh, and so the theater had probably two little kids in it, and then I would say about 35 uh, grown men and women, so you can't criticize me too much. Hey, I thought you were going to say there were like a whole bunch of little kids and then just a couple weird guys in trench coats. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, no. Maybe in a different part of the city, but uh, not uh, around you. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. I, I, like I was telling you with Sonic the Hedgehog, it was one of those movies that I had zero interest in. I was more just curious to like follow its its pathway to getting made, which we'll talk yeah. about later. But mm-hmm. then like I started seeing some reactions, some positivity around it, and it kind of made me like, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing Jim Carrey just like unleash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll let you know how that went. My my biggest question with the Jim Carrey thing is if it came off as like legitimately funny or if it was almost like sad. Like it was uh-huh. like he he was this kind of like because look I love Jim Carrey but it's like he's kind of washed up and it's like is this going to be one of those things where it's like he's trying too hard where it's like uh-huh. oh man. Well, you'll find out, Keenan. Hold tight. Oh my gosh, Kason, you're gonna you're gonna leave me hanging on that one. Uh, <laughs> I am, Kason. We got to address something last week. An absolute travesty that completely falls on my shoulders. Ooh, I like how you're taking responsibility. I'm taking full responsibility. Last week's episode was so jam-packed with the Oscar recap. We had a lot of fun, did a lot of crazy stuff, but it was full of so much craziness that we forgot to drop the MVPs for the week. You know, Keenan, I, I really don't think it's that big of a deal because I think there was an obvious MVP last week, even uh, yeah. though we already chose him previously. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, <laughs> not quite. I'm talking about our boy uh, Bong Joon. Okay, I know. I'm, I was joking. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Bong Joon is obviously the MVP of last week. Um, but I just felt bad because this is a time-honored tradition. We've done this for 15 episodes prior. And, uh, yeah, well, we'll I, give it to him retroactively right now. Kaysen, we didn't drop the MVPs, but I dropped the ball. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, speaking of that, though, I actually did get to watch Parasite again this week uh, with some friends. Oh, man. It, oh, man. I can't even describe how good it is. If you have not seen this movie, you are missing out. Let me tell you. Well, Kason, I'm confused. We, I, we haven't really talked about Parasite on the show. Now, what is this? This is a movie from... <laughs> uh, yeah, you may. It's, it's in a different language, so you may not have heard of it. But uh, it's called Parasite, and apparently people in Hollywood like it, so... I guess that means you should too. Hey, Kaysen, shout out to our boy Nate L. Smith 14, who's written in before. Uh, he just watched Parasite this week and loved it. He was sending me like 17 text messages about it. I haven't really been able to do a deep dive with him yet on the movie, but uh, he was a big fan. So I at least Good. like 
it, at least he he uh, shared our enthusiasm for it because oh, it's a yeah. mo- it's a movie that I think most people would like, but it's also like just weird enough where I'm a little bit like eh, I hope I hope people are into it. Oh, I think anyone would like it. I mean, all of my friends that I watched it with uh, thought it was amazing. So you know, it's I, th- I think it's a pretty surefire bet because it toes the line of being like just entertaining and like edge of your seat enough to kind of overcome any of the weirdness and then the weirdness is just there is like an added boat added bonus if you're into that case and never forget bong joon ho himself said i'm an effing weirdo <laughs> that's exactly right and that's why you should see Parasite. Kaysen, um, amidst all the chaos of last week with the Oscar recaps, not only did we forget to drop the MVPs, we forgot something else even more important, I would say. Oh, no. What was that? So, so we set up this little friendly competi- competition between cool. you and me. Oh, competition. Competition, yeah. We set up this little <laughs> friendly competition between you and me, and uh, I won, right? I think I won by one point. Uh, I guess that's true. Even though I got the best picture prediction correct, you still won. Okay, well, that's what I'm going to get to. So before I change my mind, let me just uh, finish here. So because I'm a merciful brother, I'm your older brother. I got to look out for you, Kaysen. I know you haven't been around as long. You're you're going to see Sonic the Hedgehog at 3 p.m. on a Monday. I feel, (laughs) look, I feel like I got to look out for you. Clearly, I deserve some pity. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is, Kaysen, I'm going to call it a tie. Oh, wow. Because, How look, generous of you. I only won by one point in our predictions, okay? And you did win the best picture. I did. Prediction. So I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, even though each award was worth one point, I'm going to go ahead and give you two for that. We're going to call it a tie. And what that means is we each get to pick a movie for the other one oh. that we will come back. Now, do you think you can do this by next week? Is one week long enough for you? I think that should be enough to watch this one movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to watch it, and then that's going to be our main <laughs> review for next week. Yeah, yeah, of course. I can do that. Perfect. Okay, so here's how it works, Kaysen. I'm going to let you tell me first, what is the movie that you're throwing at me that I have to watch and I have to review for next week? And please, Kaysen, please tell me. <laughs> you know what? You, you already know what I'm going to say. Just go ahead. Just lay it on me. I mean, this is an easy choice, Keenan. I think you already know what's coming, but uh, I've got to make you watch the most popular anime movie of all time, Your Name. I knew that was coming, Kaysen. <laughs> I mean, there's no other option. I mean, listen, this is what everyone wants, obviously. We need a bona fide review of your name from the anime hater himself. Kaysen, I'm just imagining you right now with me right now trembling and tears in my eyes, and you're you with the infinity gauntlet on your hand, and you're saying, <laughs> you're saying, uh, dread it, run from yeah. it. But destiny arrives all the same. That's how it goes. I mean, listen, you must have known this was coming when you decided to call it a tie, so I have to believe a small part of you actually wanted to watch this movie. That is in no way true, but I would <laughs> f- I mean, look, I'm going to give it a chance. You know I'm open-minded. I will 100% go in giving it all of my attention and all of my, uh, you know, um, positive feedback. Expectations. Expectations. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you don't like this one, then I think we can just call it you're just not a fan of anime. You're not going to like any of them. So I think this will be the final the final test for you. Okay, so Kaysen's picking the anime classic, the highest grossing anime film of all time, Your Name, which I will watch Correct. and review next week. Kaysen, look, you already know what's coming for you as well. 
Um, Do I? Yeah, I think so. Well, I could go in a few different directions here, but I'm going to go with yeah. the obvious one. Kaysen, okay. I, I named this movie, I think, my number three <laughs> or four film of the decade. All right. I know what's coming then for sure. That's high praise, Kaysen. That I'm is, not going to name something my third or fourth best film of the decade without you seeing it. I mean, this is egregious. The fact you haven't watched this, the fact you've watched zero films from this director, and he's put out three classics, uh-huh. okay? But we're going to start from the beginning. We're going to start with the 2015 Western cannibal classic, Bone <laughs> Tomahawk. Ooh, all right. Now, see, I am actually totally fine with this because this is a movie that I've been wanting to watch, so. Perfect. Now I can get it done. And this is on Amazon Prime, so I feel like I'm giving you the cheaper route, whereas your name, I'm probably going to have to download, like, illegal torrents and, like, stream this from from some other country. Uh, Hey, we're 100% legal on this, uh, on Hollywood Week, the podcast. We don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't do any of that kind of shady stuff. Yeah, we're not we're not supporting illegal downloads. Even though that's right. Never ask Kaysen how he watches Rick and Morty. Um, <laughs> hey, I watch. Uh, wait, actually, you might be right. <laughs> I was going to say, how do I watch Rick and Morty? Kaysen, uh, so just to recap, I'm going to watch your name, drop my review. You're going to watch Bone Tomahawk and drop your review. This is going to be fun. Sounds like a plan, Keenan. Hey, just in case people forgot, this is the Hollywood Week podcast. We drop this each and every Tuesday for your listening. (laughs) I already forgot. (laughs) In case people thought they were listening to Car Talk or whatever that show is. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, this is the Hollywood Week podcast. We drop this each and every Tuesday for your listening pleasure. As everyone knows by now, we got the Instagram page. You can follow us there. We're almost at Selena Gomez's level. We have, I think, just a shade under her follower count. That is uh, not true, but <laughs> we're getting there. Kaysen, and we got the Facebook group. Now, if you're, if you're wondering, like, why would I want to follow you on Instagram? Why would uh-huh. I want to join the Facebook group? If you yes. don't know by episode 17, you're probably never going to know. But <laughs> You're hopeless. Just in case you're late to the party or you're a little slow. Kaysen, <laughs> why don't you tell the listeners, why do you want to do that? Well, if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you are going to have the chance to ask us all of the burning questions that you have been hiding deep down for the past however many years about movies. Uh, And we'll answer them for you right here on the show. Just like our girl, malicious.b. I don't think I have to add the dot. That was stupid. Just (laughs) Just like our girl, malicious B wrote in and case and she has a good one our boy Joaquin Phoenix took home the Oscar last week for Joker but she wants to know who is your favorite Joker ah this question somehow has not come up on the show yet yeah I mean there aren't that many to choose from right now are we allowed like because obviously Jared Leto doesn't count he's our favorite like he wins of course we just have to go outside of the Jared Leto pick right right to me, I'm breaking it down. I think, uh, you know, there was the old school, like, Adam West Batman. We're not going to count that stuff, Kaysen. Our listeners are young <laughs> and thriving and living. we got to stick with the modern. So let's go Jack Nicholson from the 1989 Batman. Let's go uh-huh. Heath Ledger from The Dark Knight. Let's go Jared Leto, Suicide Squad. Let's go okay. Joaquin Phoenix, Joker. Kaysen, who you got? Who's your favorite Joker? Now, before I say who my favorite is, I do want to give an honorable mention shout out to the often forgot portrayal of the Joker. 
in the incredibly underrated Lego Batman movie by Zach Galifianakis. Uh, now, this is obviously not a dramatic portrayal, but it is hilarious. So Zach deserves a little bit of praise there. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Have you no, seen no, that you're movie? Right. Of course. No, no, I haven't seen Lego Batman, but wasn't he was he in a Lego movie or just Lego Batman? No, no, just Lego Batman. Uh it's amazing. I mean, you definitely watched that movie. Maybe I should have given you that one, but anyway, uh for my actual pick, I got to go Joaquin. However weird your speech was, uh I think you put in quite a performance. So, I mean, a lot of people are probably going to, you know, be upset that I didn't pick Heath Ledger, but they're both great. I think Joaquin has the edge on him. See, Kaysen, here's the thing. Like, obviously this is going to be between Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger, who wins, who's yeah. on top. I think I got to go with Heath Ledger if we're talking about the portrayal of the Joker. And me and you kind of talked about this after we saw the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. But, like, jo- uh-huh. Joaquin Phoenix's performance was better. I think is a rounded, like, well-rounded, like, this is insane – um, performance, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix takes it. But if we're talking about the portrayal as the comic book character, the Joker, I feel like Heath Ledger was all over that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's fair. And that's not to that's not to say it's a better performance than Joaquin Phoenix because I don't think it is. Like I said, I just think as my favorite Joker, I got to give it to Heath Ledger. Still, I feel like that performance still holds up. Uh, yeah. I mean, that does make sense because he is playing like the Joker as a villain in a Batman movie, as opposed to, like, a character they're just calling the Joker. (laughs) So, you're probably right. Yeah, so, I mean, look, obviously both of them iconic performances. It's crazy that they both won Academy Awards for playing the Joker. Like, that's just wild to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, Malicious B, fantastic question. Kaysen, you're going to stick with your boy, uh, Stop Stealing the Cow's Milk, Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm going to stick with Heath Ledger, but uh, I think they each deserve the gold medal. They both deserve some praise, for sure. Kaysen, we're going to do some fun stuff on episode 17, and this is, oh. I, I don't want to say before we do some fun stuff, let's do this, because that's, down, that's downplaying what we're about to do, but <laughs> let's okay. talk about what we've been watching, Kaysen, because right. we got some interesting picks in here. Every week we have some interesting picks, but I feel like this week there's just some random stuff in here. <laughs> There is some random stuff. One of these I had literally never heard of before you told me about it, so... Hey, Kaysen. I don't know. Let me ask you a little question. Go ahead. Do you like movies from the 1980s coming out of Russia about World War II? Uh, I can't say I do, Keenan. Kaysen, I watched a movie from 1985. This is coming straight out of Russia, straight out of the Soviet Union. It's called Come yeah. and See. Now, little backstory. This movie recently, I think, got released. Like, you know, Criterion Collection puts out these, like, really old school movies and, like, upgrades mm-hmm. them and, like, improves the visuals, improves the sound quality. I saw this floating around on social media. Never heard of this movie in my life. I think our boy Ari Aster, director of Hereditary and Midsomar, he, like, retweeted something about it. And then I did some research on this movie. Everybody was talking about how this is one of the best war movies ever made. It's unbelievably disturbing, traumatic, emotional, all those things that like get my gears turning. Okay. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. wait, I've never even heard of this. Some crazy Russian movie from the 80s. It's about this teenage kid probably in the – I think he's supposed to be I would say like 15 and he desperately wants to join the army. So he finds a gun. He joins 
and it just follows his journey as the Nazis kind of uh, sweep across his country and commit some atrocities, and he's kind of caught up in the whole thing. Um, okay. I don't – I mean it's funny because of how much I just built up that <laughs> – like that the movie. <laughs> I really don't have a lot to say about this movie. I wasn't a big fan. Okay. It, it was one of those movies where it was like – Half of the movie was like if David Lynch made a war film, very oh. surreal images, things that just didn't make sense, characters acting like – this is one of my least favorite things unless a master like Lynch is doing it. I don't like when characters act like idiots in movies and what I mean by that is they don't act like real people. Like this is one of oh, those I movies see. where like the main character in addition to other characters, it's like you can't – latch on to anyone because they're acting so weird and like annoyingly so to me Uh like the uh main character like would just laugh maniacally for no reason like he would be in the situation that you think would be serious and then somebody would crack a joke and he would it was this awkward like sounded like kind of dubbed laughter and then literally seven seconds later he would be like awkwardly weeping at something else (laughs) It, Hmm. it was just a very weird movie I would say the highlights were it definitely did a good job the way it was filmed, the way the sound design was. It really made you feel like you were in this war and part of this. Like it was beautiful to look at. But it number one, it wasn't that disturbing. <laughs> like it okay. was not that emotionally taxing. It just wasn't that like it wasn't that much of anything. It just kind of was this war film. And maybe I've been spoiled by the likes of, I'm going to say it again, Kaysen, saving private Ryan. But, yeah, uh, yeah. overall, this was a cool movie. I just couldn't get past the weirdness. And I don't know how much of that was the fact that it was like from another country. And maybe they just do things a little differently as far as, especially in the eighties, but <laughs> as far as war. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it was just, that's called come and see. It, it's funny because I think I'm in the minority on that. It seems like everybody on IMDb and everywhere I'm looking said this movie's a masterpiece. But to me, I just, I didn't see it. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I don't think many of our listeners are going to be uh, running off to check that one out. I was going to say, yeah, like that's why I don't want to talk about it too much. Kaysen, <laughs> why don't we why don't we move on to something a little more current? Why don't you tell us about something you've been watching? Uh, okay, so I will go ahead and jump over to BoJack, which I have been continuing to watch. Um, BoJack Horseman on Netflix. I'm halfway through season two at this point. Um, I really, really like the show. The end of season one really picks it up in terms of like driving the story in a much darker, more serious direction, and also kind of establishing even more continuity with the story where it doesn't feel as much like standalone episode storylines, but it feels like there's more of a through line. Um, it's great. I mean, the, the vocal performances are great. The show is very clever. Uh, the second to last episode of the first season gets incredibly experimental where they're like, messing around with different animation styles and the whole thing is like this big kind of drug-fueled trip that Bojack is going on where he's like hallucinating all of these things that are kind of buried deep within his psyche that he's afraid of or that he like longs for but he can't have them. Uh, it's great. It's, it's really, really powerful in some places while still maintaining that kind of goofy, like humorous quality uh, that makes it surface level entertaining. So I like it a lot. I know that season four is supposed to be the peak, so I'm going to keep going, but I would definitely recommend it. Kaysen, who is, uh, Aaron Paul in the show? 
Oh, he's uh, Bojack's kind of like bum roommate that just crashes on his couch uh, and is kind of like the loser idiot character, I guess I would say. Uh, but the one that is like, you know, a fan favorite. People really like him. So uh, his he, name's Todd. So he kind of is like Jesse Pinkman. I mean, obviously Jesse wasn't that stupid, but you know what I mean. Like kind of like correct. A yes, likeable. same vibe, definitely. That's cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I gotta check that out. Kason, I watched a movie on Hulu that I thought this seemed like something right up your alley, like you would have heard of and told me about. But this is a movie you can watch right now on Hulu. It's called Villains. Um, yeah, I have heard of this. Um, I just never got to watch it. Yeah, this movie and the next movie I'm going to talk about, they both have the same greatest strength, which is the fact that they do not waste a single second on anything meaningless. Like everything in <laughs> I like that. Everything in this movie has a purpose. It moves so fast. It's incredibly entertaining. This is the story of these two um, kind of Bonnie and Clyde type boyfriend, girlfriend played by Bill Skarsgård, who is known as Pennywise from the It movies, uh-huh. um, which I didn't even know what he looked like without makeup. So it was pretty fascinating to see his face. Um, <laughs> yeah. And also uh, Micah Monroe, who is okay. the main girl from It Follows. Anyone that saw that horror film from like 2014, It Follows, both crazy good, just like really like compelling, likable actors. And they're kind of this Bonnie and Clyde deal. They, in the beginning, they rob a bank and they're driving away. And uh, Bill Skarsgård, because he's a dope, he forgets to put gas in the car, <laughs> like in the getaway Ooh. car. And so okay. they're like on this back road and they're feeling all good. They got the money. They're planning on going to Florida to like start this seashell business. It's like so funny. This is the very beginning of the movie and the car dies. And he's like, oh, God, I'm so stupid. Like I forget. It's like the <laughs> most obvious thing. So their car dies in this back road and they walk to this like the only house that's even close, like half a mile away. Uh-huh. And they basically break into the house, look around, try to figure out if they can steal some keys for the pe- whoever lives there. You know, they can steal their car, and they find this little girl chained up in the basement. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and they're like, "What the hell is going on?" So then they okay. ch- they they want to free her from this situation, obviously. But then the husband wife comes home. <laughs> And they, I mean, they are just the wildest couple you've ever seen. Like almost like their vibe is supposed to be like, they're this super wholesome, like 1950s, you know, like everything's perfect, but they're actual like complete lunatic psychopaths. So Um, is it a horror movie or like what is, it's like a com, it's like a, yeah, it is. It's like a comedy horror. So it has very goofy elements, but I love that genre. It's, yeah, exactly. That's why I thought it's right up your alley. But it's just a really fun movie. And like I said, it moves really quick. It's like an hour and probably 25 minutes. It doesn't – there's nothing wasted. Like every scene is just like, you know, moving the plot forward. Um, I really liked it. Incredibly uh, entertaining. So That sounds great. If that sounds well, – uh, What is that on? It's on Hulu. On Hulu. Okay. Awesome. If that sounds like an interesting setup, that is called Villains. Uh, you can check that out on Hulu. Nice. Kason, tell us about um, your boy Noah Baumbach from Marriage Story. It sounds like you went back in his filmography and checked out something from his earlier days. I did. I did. I loved Marriage Story so much. I think I'm going to try and go through some of his other movies. Uh, So I went back toward the beginning and watched a movie called Francis Ha on Netflix. Um, This movie stars Greta Gerwig, who is now big, huge, famous director lady. Uh, Obviously made Little Women. Uh, and I, I don't know if she's been in other movies or if she pretty much just kind of broke through in this and then went straight to directing. Uh, but this is like her big iconic role, I guess. 
Uh, it's a really interesting, quirky movie. It's all in black and white, and it's about this girl named Frances, who's a recent college graduate living in New York City with her best friend. Uh, she's part of a dance company. She wants to be a professional dancer. And basically the movie just kind of follows her throughout these various periods of her life in New York as a young adult, um, trying to, you know, find meaning, trying to establish relationships, trying to work through some of her own issues. Uh, it was good. I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was, you know, it, it had some meaningful things to say, but overall it was a little bit just kind of, uh, wandering meandering yeah yeah meandering um it's good though i thought greta gerwig's performance was good um it was one of those things where at first i thought it was bad (laughs) because she's like playing the character in such an awkward way i almost felt like in the beginning it seemed like bad acting to me whereas as it keeps going you sort of start to realize that that's just how the character is she's really weird she's really awkward um which becomes more and more endearing as the movie goes on i would say so, yeah, I liked it. I think it's worth watching, but I'm not going to give it, like, a, you know, crazy glowing recommendation or anything. The only thing about Noah Baumbach as a director that just really kind of, like, I don't want to say it's aggravating to me because I know, like they say, like, write what you know. So, obviously, I don't expect him to write a movie about lumberjacks. But it's, like, <laughs> it's just, like, okay, Marriage Story, one of my biggest pet peeves with that movie. Of course, these people have to be, like, theater nerds in some kind of, like, New York. You know what I mean? And then this movie, sure. you're saying she's, like, an upstate – or she's, like, in New York trying to be, like, a dance. It's just, like, come right. on, man. Like, right. But, again, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm guessing that's just how he grew up. So he's, like, writing – about that world, but it's just like, I feel like that is not an easily accessible world for a lot of people. And to be fair, the movie isn't really centered that much on the dancing thing. I mean, that's definitely a part of it, but it's also just about her, like, moving around to different apartments and being worried about losing her friend when her friend's, like, getting married to this guy and, you know, just kind of various, like, things that are a part of life. (laughs) So, you know, it's one of those. It's just kind of her living. Yeah, and Adam Driver's also in it, and he is hilarious uh it was just weird to see him in such a like straightforward role where he's playing this like mid-20s like cool dude uh as opposed to like some super serious person or kylo ren or what you know whatever i feel like adam driver is one of those actors that if the right director scoops him up he could be hilarious i mean like if he's in like a comedy and he plays that like deadpan just like you know what i mean i feel like they could make him so funny Yep, I totally agree. Case, and last thing we're going to talk about on what we've been watching, this is something I was almost going to review for my main review of the episode, but uh, I moved on to something else. But this is a movie that was in your under-the-radar gems that we got to check out. That's an yep. action film, action sci-fi called Upgrade. Mm-hmm. This came out in 2018, a couple of years ago. This is directed by Lee Whannell, who famously wrote Saw. And uh, is actually about to write and direct The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss coming out. <laughs> That's right. I didn't even know that. So that got me really excited because, man, let me tell you, Kaysen, I... Well, you mean he, he directed the movie that is coming out, like, next week, right? Correct, yep. Is yep. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he wrote it, too. 
So yes. I guess I don't I, I don't know why I was unaware of that, but after seeing what he did in Upgrade, I am so excited to see Invisible Man because man, I love this movie so much. Like Oh good, I'm glad. Like really loved it. I mean, even after you hyped it, like I feel like if you haven't seen Upgrade, just like you were saying in your under the radar recommendations, oh my gosh, watch it immediately. This is on I had to stream it on HBO. I think that's the only way you can watch it unless you just uh. straight up rent it or buy it. But uh, if you have HBO, you can stream it. Um, one thing that really caught me off guard about this movie, I didn't know it was so sci-fi heavy. I think in my mind going into the movie, I thought it was a very real world thing that happened like in, in nothing was different. And then he just came across this insane tech that was like, oh my gosh, like Uh, an abnormality in the world. Exactly. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this kind of tech existed, but the cool thing is it like takes place in a futuristic, like. Yeah, in a a super entertaining way, not in one of those like annoying, like they try to go too over the top with it. It's just everything is really cool. It's a really simple, tight story, I feel like, that just, again, similar to villains, not a single second is wasted. This movie is just like, go, go, go. I thought it was super entertaining. It was almost like a superhero origin movie. I mean, yeah, yeah. Basically, our main character, played by I think his name is Logan Marshall Green, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Who looks very yep. similar to Tom Hardy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But he uh, basically in the beginning, him and his wife. Um, well, I don't want to. Obviously, I'm not going to say. Don't what spoil happens. anything. I'm not going to spoil anything. Let's. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know. How I, to, I mainly <laughs> just want to know what you thought of the uh, action sequences. <laughs> the, the action sequences in this movie were phenomenal. There's only really like three big ones, like three big action sequences, but every one of them was super memorable. And the way that Lee Winnell moves the camera, it's like every time. Every time our hero like goes to like lunge at someone or like dodge a punch, it's like the camera moves with him. Like so, like the yeah, camera, yeah. it's such a cool effect. I loved it. Um, but yeah, just basically because I have to explain something in this movie, our character is in a really really bad way physically. His body mm-hmm. decimated. To in in this way, it really reminded me of RoboCop. It's like our main yeah, our yeah. main hero is so messed up and he gets this second chance at life like hey and that's something else I was totally unaware of like hey wouldn't it be cool if you could get all of your you know functions back and yeah. not only does he get his functions back but holy hell he becomes a lethal destructive killing machine he gets a little bit of an upgrade oh i like what you did there but yeah thanks it's just really cool i'd say if you're a fan of iron man and the way that he talks to jarvis in his head um, that is literally what this movie is for like 75% of the time. It's our, yeah. it's our main protagonist talking to this AI in his head, having conversations, the AI helping him, the AI saying like, okay, like, you know, look closer over here or like, okay, like you can break this wall over here because it's made of blah, blah, blah. It's just a yeah. really cool movie. So, and it's pretty funny. I thought like it is, course. and it's also the last thing I'll say about it. It's also one of those movies again, like comparing it to RoboCop or a lot of movies from like the eighties and like early nineties. I felt like this movie had not like a mean spiritedness to it, but it just had a very like, we're not going to pull any punches type movie where like, even though it is this fun pulpy ride, it's like, we're not afraid to just like show characters getting shot that you wouldn't think would get shot or like, I mean, I'm especially thinking of the end of the movie, like something that happens where it's just like, whoa, like, okay, cool. Like it's pretty intense. Yeah. I like that. They just went balls to the wall. Like, Hey, we're not going to like sugarcoat any of this, even though it's still kind of a fun popcorn ride. Yeah, for sure. That's so, awesome. I'm glad you watched it. Yeah, really loved it. So that's called Upgrade. Uh, you can watch that on HBO. Kaysen, we watched some good stuff. 
We did. We really did. But we still got Sonic the Hedgehog coming, and I can't Ooh. wait. I can't wait to talk about that. We got to go fast, Kaysen. Got to go fast. Oh, yes. Kaysen, uh let's move on to the main topic of the show. The main topic of the show is not really a topic at all, because... What I want to do, Kaysen, we've been really, really slacking on the news lately. We have. Here at the Hollywood we Week podcast, and i, I got to put an end <laughs> to that. We have, I don't even know how many news stories, but I jotted down a plethora of news stories that we don't have to spend too much time on, but I wanted to go through them one by one by one, just little things that I see. A lot of stuff I post on the Facebook group, so uh, a lot of this stuff might be familiar to anybody that's a, a member. But uh, let's go through these news stories, Kaysen. I want to see what you think, and I know you want to see what I think. Yeah, we gotta we gotta give the people some updates. Yeah, let's. We gotta get them into the light because right now they're in the dark. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on out there. Yeah, everyone's like the chicks from the Descent, straight up in the oh, dark. That is a brutal reference. Don't know what's going on, <laughs> Kaysen, Let's start off with a big news story: Sonic the Hedgehog, your favorite movie of 2020 so far. I know it. Don't oh. lie to me. <laughs> okay. It opened. Big. It's the number, yes, it did. Kaysen, it's the number one movie. I think this. I think this thing hit like sixty million. If I'm right, over the yeah, moment. isn't that crazy? Crazy, crazy, crazy. And look, I don't want to crap on Birds of Prey. I'm done doing that. But Birds of Prey made thirty four million dollars, and you're telling me Sonic the Hedgehog made twenty plus twenty five million dollars more. I mean, the the difference. I think one big difference is the rating. Obviously, like Sonic is a big kids appeal. That's yeah, you're right, you're right, and that's not why. That's not what this news story is about, Kaysen, I want to talk about not only did Sonic perform big time this weekend, but also I want to talk about the entire redesign on the character. Now, when the first Sonic trailer dropped, the character looked like an absolute nightmare. It looked like some kind of <laughs> literally like a nightmare, like a hybrid between a human and some kind of creepy big toothed like hedgehog creature yeah it looked like something that would be in rick and morty or something not in a kid's cartoon yeah it was awful my daughter saw it she cried and peter pants at the same time <laughs> so she still hasn't gone outside just awful but anyway Kaysen, that's what i want to talk about the fans revolted everyone who saw that trailer said no 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 this is the worst thing we've ever seen you've got to change sonic and shockingly they did the <laughs> studio delayed the movie went back in, completely reworked all the visual effects, and, and totally redid the design of Sonic. And, yeah. and from the trailers I've seen, and it just looked dramatically better. I mean, oh, much yeah. better. Definitely. So I wanted to talk real quick with Sonic opening so big. I wanted to talk about the idea of listening to the fandom when they get pissed versus caving to the fans. Uh, you know, caving to the fans and doing something because you're scared of their reaction. So right. what do you think of this? Like, first off, let me ask you, do you think they made the right decision to go back and rework Sonic? Uh, 100%. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I feel like in this situation, and we're going to talk about some other examples, but like in this situation, the reason I think the studio did the right thing and the reason I think listening to the fans was the right call is because this was, this was number one, so like objectively awful right like it was <laughs> yeah yeah it just was terrible it wasn't like casting an actor and someone says like like which i guess we can talk about that now like when heath ledger you know infamously when he was cast as joker everyone hated it and said this guy sucks he's a pretty boy he can't be the joker imagine if warner brothers listened to the fans <laughs> yeah we wouldn't have had heath ledger as the joker 
Right. But I mean, I agree. And maybe this is where you're going, but I think that this is a way more objective assessment where you can just look at the character and see that the design is horrifying looking. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, for a beloved video game character, I think that's a fair criticism to be like, hey, the CGI looks awful. You know, I think that's different from crit- critiquing like an actor playing a character or something like that. Yeah, which is way more open to per- to like perception or way more open to interpretation, we'll say. Whereas like something visually on the screen that looks garbage, but it's like, okay, let's take it a step further. Imagine a movie like X-Men Apocalypse. Right. So like imagine yeah. if Apocalypse came out, which a lot of people did think that sucked and we're like, wait, 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 this guy looks like a Power Rangers villain. You know, yeah. like it's like, where do you draw the line? Like, should Fox go in and like redo the scenes with Oscar Isaac because people hated it or, you know, should they I stick mean, to their guns? Maybe <laughs> in that situation, probably. Yes. I mean, I think it depends on what like. I don't know. It's tough. I can't think of that many situations where this has really happened or would happen, but I, I do think there are plenty of situations where it is valid for the studio to listen to people's reactions because if if most people are really hating it, then there's probably an indication that something is wrong, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also like Sonic is the movie, like his character is the movie. So it's like if if people can't get over his look, which as we discussed is objectively terrible, it's like yeah. then then you're you're almost wasting everything else about the movie. You're wasting the Jim Carrey performance. You're wasting all the other actors' performances. You're wasting the voice talent. It's like yep. because you would be unwilling to admit that what you created was an abomination. <laughs> right. Right. I totally agree. So, yeah, I think in this case they did the right thing. Uh, and it's clearly box office-wise it paid off for them. Yeah, I mean I don't think they should respond to people – getting upset about actors or voice actors or like plot decisions that appear in trailers, you know, things where it seems more like you would have to see the entire movie to be able to make a reasonable assessment of it. Correct. Right. But, but like we talked about, if it's just something visual, then I say, let him critique it. Case. And speaking of backlash, and again, this has not really received any backlash, but I want to dive into the next news story, uh, because this is something that it's like, oh man, we're opening that can of worms and I'm scared. Uh-huh. Uh, Case, and we got our fir- first look at Robert Pattinson as the Batman. Oh man. Matt Reeves on, I believe on Twitter, uh, put out a camera test that they did with Robert Pattinson. This thing is like soaked in like red lighting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really, uh, Interesting. Very moody, very atmospheric, very daredevilish, which I've heard a lot of people um, comparing yes. it to. Um, what did you think of this? What did you think of our first look at Robert Pattinson as the Batman? Uh, I thought it looked cool. I mean, I thought the I like the metal design of the bat symbol that they showed on his suit, um, which apparently I mean, is the gun parts of the gun that killed his parents. Did you? Hear yes, that? that is what I've heard. I mean, we'll see how melodramatically that plays out. <laughs> hopefully not too over the top but i mean hey it's it's supposed to be a dark movie right so yeah that's cool uh i really didn't have many expectations for this so it wasn't like i was really excited or disappointed either way what did you yeah think? i think i mean i thought it looked cool it's one of those things where honestly i know like it's totally just a, a matter of me not being like crazy into the batman character i mean obviously i'm gonna go see it i can't wait to watch it but like to me it was like okay, cool. Like it looked like a Batman suit, like another variation of it. I was more curious to see how he looked in the suit as far as just his face. And like, and I thought he yeah. looked great. He looked like, I mean, he fits right in. 
Yeah, it looks cool. I guess just based on what I had been hearing about the movie and maybe what I was optimistic about, I was almost hoping they wouldn't even put him in like a costume, you know, like maybe well, he would just be like a dude the whole time. Kind uh, of like but, Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, like kind of like, Joker. yeah, yeah. I thought maybe they would go a little bit more like realistic route of where he is just like a detective <laughs> and not as much like a superhero, but I guess they're not really doing that. So that's kind yeah. of a big risk I feel like to take with Batman. And then I think the other thing is I had heard so much that they were, and again, a lot of people are saying this looks like a first iteration of like the suit that he's making for himself. So, like, yeah. they think this is not his final form, as we'll call it. but <laughs> His mega evolution. Yeah, I mean, I look forward to kind of seeing where it goes. Um, but, yeah, it was cool. It was just one of those things that was like, okay, like, I can't wait to see it in motion. <laughs> you know? Same. Just give me some Paul Dano uh, footage. Oh, my gosh, That's Casey. what I want to see. We're going to talk about Paul Dano later. But uh, tell me again, Paul Dano, oh, Colin Farrell, and uh, who's the other villain? Uh, oh, uh, so- Kravitz. Zoe yes, Kravitz is Cap. Yeah. Yes. Man, that movie's going to be fire, Kaysen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm hoping. Kaysen, speaking of fire, your girl, which, oh, my gosh, we dropped a comment about this girl on Facebook on the Facebook page, and I feel like we got 17 comments in response to this. It's probably... We, we should, did. We should just make a Billie Eilish podcast. I guess she's uh, polarizing. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Yeah, Kaysen, you like her because you're a tough guy, like it really rough guy, uh, might seduce your dad. <laughs> I like her because I like The Office. There you go. Uh, yeah, Billie Eilish, a huge Office fan. Kaysen, Billie Eilish, who just won a Grammy for Album of the Year, or I think, yeah, Album of the Year, right? She won a bunch of Grammys, yeah. She won so many Grammys, she's going to have to split them with her brother, Phineas and Ferb. Um, <laughs> Kaysen, she dropped her new James Bond song, No Time to Die. Give me your quick thoughts. What's going on with this song? Uh, it's cool. Sounds like a James Bond song. Sounds moody. Uh, I think it's better than Sam Smith's song, but probably not as good as Adele's song. Yeah, it's fine. I thought, it, I thought it was really good. I kind of heard some negativity before I listened to it. I thought it fit her voice really well, like kind of the type of music that she makes. And it seemed like it, it was just a good hybrid between like her type of vibe mixed with the James Bond type of vibe. Yeah, for sure. It's just very subdued, you know, like sure. very, very low key, which is obviously her vibe. And I, I do like it as a song, but it's just kind of like, eh, okay, like doesn't really get me hyped for the movie, you know? No, I mean, it's not like, you know, if we had an artist like Smash Mouth coming out and just dropping <laughs> like, just dropping like a rock anthem on us. Yeah, yeah. You That's know what, what I, mean? I need. I need a Fallout Boy James Bond. Oh my gosh, dude. I need, I need Patrick Stump and uh, the dude from Panic at Brandon. Brandon Urie. Brandon Urie. <laughs> yeah. To just see who can out. Do a little collaboration. Who can out chant each other. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that. Oh man. Kaysen, let's move on before we get canceled. Uh... We got some the best news of all time. Now, this is some exciting news. Now, Kaysen, have we talked about this movie Parasite that just won uh, Best uh, Best Picture? Uh, I don't think so, but it sounds like something I'd be interested in watching. Parasite's a great movie. It just won Best Picture. But guess what? That's not enough because our boy Bong Joon-ho, he said, we got to give the Americans that sit there and and scoop up HBO all day. We got to give them (laughs) a television series. That's right. He is turning his best best picture winner, Parasite, into a TV show that's going to be on HBO. We don't know too much about it as far as episode count, but we do know the two leads, Kaysen. Yes, we do. Kaysen, we got your girl, Tilda Swinton. The, I mean, seriously, I, I do love her the, <laughs> a lot. The ancient one herself. 
the it, ancient one from Doctor Strange, uh, teaming long up, time collaborator with uh, Luca. What's his name? Guadagnino. Uh, oh yeah, 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 from uh, from Suspiria. Call me by and your call name, Casein. Yeah. And Tilda Swinton is going to lead this thing. But guess what? Here comes here comes Bruce Banner. We got Mark Ruffalo. Ooh. Mark Ruffalo joining the cast as well. What do you think of Tilda Swinton and Mark Ruffalo leading the HBO's Parasite? Amazing. I mean, if you like their interactions briefly in uh, in Avengers, then you can look forward to even more of that happening. Uh, I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm still up in the air about what exactly the show is going to be, but I don't care. As long as it's Bong Joon-ho, as long as it's in the same vein as Parasite... Uh, I'm excited. I mean, they're both great actors, so. I think uh, the really interesting thing would be, I totally agree, Tilda Swinton and Ruffalo, those are great choices, great actors, very, like, chameleon-like actors that can kind of slip into a lot of different vibes, especially Tilda Swinton, holy crap. Um, (laughs) But I think it'd be really cool if the show came out and it was nothing like the movie. You know what I mean? Like, if this was a story that was completely, I mean, obviously the same themes, is what the movie's trying to convey, but, like, nothing at all similar plot-wise. That would be interesting. I was going to say if it was based on the movie, I can imagine Mark Ruffalo as the main dad of the poor family. Right. And I can imagine Tilda Swinton as the rich mom. Yeah, I can, def- uh, I, I can definitely agree with you on that. But, yeah, I mean, I would, I would also be really excited if he's just going a totally different direction. Yeah, I think we just got to wait and see. I I feel like they might go in a totally different direction because otherwise, like, it's one of those things like, what's the point? I mean, like, why would you elaborate on something that is so current and relevant right now and just do the same thing on a TV show? I don't know, but I mean, I read an interview where he said that this series would answer a lot of unanswered questions from the movie. Really? So I'm kind of curious about what that will look like. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, both of these characters are white, so I assume it's going to be set not in Korea. <laughs> but I, I could be wrong. I don't know. No, I think you're. I think you're probably right. I think this will take place in the U.S. And I mean, yeah. that could kind of lead to a whole other like interesting <laughs> kind of uh, avenue for the Commentary. show. To yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll have to see, Kason. Kason, um, I know one of your favorite movies of 2019 was Aladdin. Now It was. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm not even saying that joking. I legitimately loved Aladdin. And guess what, Case? And we got good what? news. Aladdin's sequel has officially been announced. Now, this to me is not necessarily good news. <laughs> what? But we can talk about it. Man, I got to disagree with you on that one, Case. And I feel like this is great news. You don't you don't think it's a good idea to make a sequel to Aladdin? Are are they basing this on the Disney sequel, The Return no, of Jafar? No, 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 completely original story interesting see and that's that's why i think it's cool because i feel like the first one did a great job of kind of doing its own thing in some ways and then sticking true to the animated film in other ways um and i I just like those characters so much i think it'd be awesome to see what they could do when they're completely like unshackled from any kind of source material i don't know we'll we'll see i'm i'm a little nervous about it i think it was good when it had the original storyline to work off of I'm always worried about doing sequels to stuff like this. If the music is going to be generic and forgettable, if the story is going to be nonsense, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Kaysen, you just got to keep the faith, man. Come on. 
<laughs> so you're excited, huh? I'm very excited, but not as excited as I am about the next one, Kaysen. Uh We got another sequel that just got announced. How do you feel about revisiting Daniel Craig's private detective? Can't even think of his name right now. Uh, uh, something Blanc, right? Or? Yeah, Blanc. Ma- so yeah, something Blanc. How do you feel about revisiting his character in a Knives Out sequel? Because guess what? It's officially happening. <laughs> I mean, that actually sounds great. Uh, because I've heard that this movie is going to be unrelated to the first movie, right? Other yeah, than Daniel Craig? Totally unrelated. Totally new story. I think it would be awesome. Like, I, I would... I know people have said this a lot, but I would really love to see one of these movies every two years. Just keep making them. Because, like, if you can come up with a cast of characters like the first one uh, and just keep changing up the the mystery, do it. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I will definitely go see it. Um, yeah, it, it is a fun idea for, like, a recurring thing to just be like, we're going to keep these movies going with a ton of A-listers, you know, in this kind of goofy mystery setting. And I think, too, as popular as the first one was, I really feel like, for some reason, the sequel will be bigger. I just feel like yeah. if they put out, like, if they got that, you know, marketing working, like, a, a ton of people would be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah, I can see that, too. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Lots of interesting directions you can go with that. Kaysen, they they should, Ryan Johnson should just hire the entire cast of Last Jedi and just let them be in the murder (laughs) mystery. I agree, but then actually just make it a Star Wars movie. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Craig is still exactly the same with like his Southern accent. But (laughs) But he's in space. He's talking, he's talking to like Luke as he's like. Jar Jar? No, he's talking to Luke Skywalker as he's like chugging that blue cow milk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, then Joaquin no. drops in to defend the cow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Daniel Craig's like, now, Luke Skywalker, I think you've been <laughs> drinking all that TT milk. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke just is like, Luke, oh, I can't even, I can't do a good Luke Skywalker, but yeah. Well, I like where you're going with that. I think it's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we got an Aladdin sequel coming. We got a Knives Out sequel coming. Uh, nice. Case, and next up, I want to talk about our girl, Olivia Wilde, who we really liked her debut film, Booksmart. I think Yes, you, we did. I think you had that in the top 10 of the year. I did. I did. Travesty, but it was still there. It was a good movie, but not a top 10 of the year movie, Case. <laughs> uh, Olivia Wilde is set to direct her follow up. It's a movie called Perfect. It is the biopic of Olympic gymnast Carrie Strug. Now, you're younger, Kaysen. Are you familiar with Carrie Strug? I am not. I am only, I mean, I just learned about Tanya Harding through the Margot Robbie movie, though, so I'm down for some more Olympic shenanigans. Oh, my gosh. Kaysen, see, this is a thing. You were born in 96, and this is exactly when this happened. And I remember it because I watched it as our mother was carrying you around in the middle of the night. Uh, Are you serious? In. Yeah, I'm serious. Like, wow, that's amazing. yes. So I think that's why you don't remember it. But uh, <laughs> probably true. Anyway, the Carrie Strug story is insane. Anyone who's familiar with her, I mean, she, I, I think she like pulled her hand. Like, she has some really serious injury for a gymnast. Obviously, gymnast requires complete mobility to do everything, and uh, she basically powered through it. And she had to go out there and do this final uh, like vault thing. You know where they sprint and then like do the handstand yeah. off the yeah yeah and she she did it with this leg injury and it was insane it was one of those things where like she had to get a certain score she was the final one to go and if she got this certain score like the u.s won the gold but she was like but she was like crazy injured right so she was like hobbling out to the thing to like run and do it and she like landed it perfectly and everyone went insane and then she like collapsed into a pile of tears 
Man, that sounds like an amazing uh, movie setup. Yeah, it was really, really, uh, it was like one of those like larger than life stories that was somehow real. So I feel like this is great, just the fact it's getting made and the fact Olivia Wilde is doing this. I mean, I hope it's kind of an I, Tanya vibe where it's like kind of funny, but you know what I mean? Like also can be real. Yeah, totally. That sounds great. I actually think too, like I know you have no clue what Carrie Strug looks like, but I could actually imagine her girl from Booksmart, uh, Caitlin Dever playing oh, play Carrie Strug if she like cut her hair sh- super short. Uh, I'm looking up a photo right now. Oh yeah, I can, I mean, I can see that. Kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. Anyway. So Olivia Wilde, uh, killing it. Can't wait to see what happens with that. That's called perfect. Yeah. Don't know when that comes out. Kaysen, let's move on to something. I don't think you have any interest in, but we got to talk about it. Um, Harrison Ford, guess what he said? what he said? He said the long in development Indiana Jones 5 will start filming in two months. That, <laughs> I have interest in this. That's April, Kaysen. That Kaysen, is. now, a lot of people don't know this. Your favorite Indiana Jones film is actually Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, correct? With that Shia is Sw- absolutely not true. <laughs> okay, okay. I, just, I didn't know. How dare you? I know you like that scene when he was swinging through the vines with the monkeys like a <laughs> friggin' idiot. No, the only scene in that I like is the scene with the ants. That was pretty cool, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, that movie sucked, Kaysen. But Harrison Ford says they are making an Indy 5. Spielberg's coming back to direct. George Lucas has literally nothing to do with this, thank God. Um, (laughs) This will start filming in two months, so they're making this. I think Harrison Ford is 76. Can you look up Harrison Ford's age? I want to say he's 76. That is pretty old to be swinging around with monkeys. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is one of those movies... They're making it because they know how much the fourth one sucked. He is 77 years old. That's ridiculous, Kaysen. That is unbelievable. Kaysen, how the hell is this dude going to be Indiana Jones at 77? He's going to be 78 in July. Wow, his birthday is right next month. Just make it stop. Kaysen, how? <laughs> like, I'm almost more curious just to see how they even present this. Because back in 2008, I think, when they made Crystal Skull, like, he still seemed old. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping... I feel like they'll have to introduce a new character or something to kind of carry the action scenes. Yeah, just like let... I mean, you know who truly would have been the perfect Indiana Jones? And I'm not going to say Chris Pratt. I'm going to say someone a little more. uh, (laughs) Like, I don't even want to say Indiana Jones, but just someone to take the mantle from Harrison Ford. And I feel like they... Even just imagining them together, they could have great back and forth. Tom uh, Holland? No. Is uh, Oscar Isaac. Oh. Maybe. I'm trying to think about it. Yeah, I feel like he would just be an amazing, like, adventurer. Like, I don't know. I, I, but anyway. Kind of like the same vibe as Poe in Star Wars. Correct. Like that kind of. Yeah, I can see Bingo. that. I mean, the only thing that makes sense for Indiana Jones 5 is that he is straight up just like a mentor figure. Like, he's still going to go on the adventures and, like, wear his, you know, his jacket and his hat and shit. But he's yeah. not going to, like, be punching guys in the face. I hope not. They need to make him like his dad in Last Crusade. Like that kind of character. That is And then exactly they need right. like a younger person for him to go with. Maybe Shia LaBeouf's performance in Honey Boy was so transformative <laughs> that they're going to have Shia LaBeouf play old Indiana Jones. And then they're <laughs> going to have Harrison Ford play the yeah. character of Mutt from Using Cri- the Skull. de-aging technology that was perfected in The Irishman. <laughs> yeah. the, uh... you, this, the same way that we took Joe Pesci from 97 to 94. We're... <laughs> 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 we're, that's right. We're, we're going to knock some years off Harrison Ford. But anyway, that's, that's right. 
that's something we'll have to pay attention to. Uh, nice. Case and last bit of news we got to talk about. Um, I know you cannot get enough of these live action Disney remakes. I know I you're can't. just you're craving them. You're I like just can't get enough. When are they going to do the Goofy movie, Kaysen? Yeah, but, that's right. Starring Jim Carrey. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. We're getting two of two new ones have officially been announced. Let's see what you think of them. The first one I'm actually excited about. The first one is Lilo and Stitch. Oh man. <laughs> I am curious about that. The second one is just at this point called Rapunzel. So I don't know if that's like a remake of uh, Tangled Tangled. or if it's a totally new story. I think either one is a bad idea because Tangled (laughs) Tangled is so amazing. Like Tangled to me is one of the best Disney animated films ever. And like that's one of those I'm like why? Like there's just no – point i don't want to see it i i hold it too close see i'm the opposite i'm i'm more into the rapunzel idea just because i can imagine some great actress giving it a lot of character especially if they do the thing with, with like her and the evil mom like i feel like that would be i can see it translating well into a live action setting Maybe. I mean, yeah, you're right. I guess it's going to be easier than Lilo and Stitch. I don't know how you really... Lilo cre- and Stitch, I mean, obviously they've done it with stuff I wasn't able to imagine before, such as Pikachu, but how are they going to make Stitch not look weird? Like, I just, I literally cannot visualize it in my head as a live action thing. Well, but. that's why they got to get James Cameron to direct. Because Lilo <laughs> and Stitch has, literally the villain is a talking hamster who commands a giant shark man to go try and track her down and catch her. Case, and it's 2020. We got it. Let's go, man. Come on. Anything's <laughs> I possible. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think both. I mean, at this point, it, it really is getting ridiculous. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. I mean, I love Lilo and Stitch, but uh, hey, I, I, I say leave it. I'm calling it right now. Uh, the girl who played Moana, a Wally yeah. Kav- she is definitely going to play the older sister in Lilo and Stitch. I think that's a cool idea. Me too. I and I, th- I think that uh, it would be very fitting. Uh, yeah, for sure. Kaysen, throw out who's going to play Rapunzel. Just give me anybody, like the first name that comes to your mind. Um, well, it's funny because the uh, – oh, man, it's really tough. I can't think of anyone. Do you have ideas right off the top of your head? Uh, I thought of the girl, well, this is a, no, that's a terrible idea. No, I don't have any, I don't <laughs> You have, fool. I thought of the girl who plays Sabrina. Oh, yeah, 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 I can see that. But I'm, I don't know. Let me think about it. Well, I'll get back to you next week. Yeah, you'll get back to me uh, next week. Um, anyway. Okay, so that's really all I got for news. I feel like we just did a quick rundown on all the biggest stuff happening that's kind of yeah. out there right now. I don't want to leave our audience too much in the cave from the descent. So That's right. Every once in a while, Kaysen, we got to drop the news on him, and that's what we did. We did. We hit the important stuff. Kaysen, but now it's time to hit the most important part of the entire show. Uh-oh. It's time to finally unveil your thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog. Here we go. Ooh. <laughs> Get, I cannot wait. Get ready. Kaysen, drop it on me. Uh, okay, so I did not write this up formally but because I just got out of the theater right before recording this. But hey, let are me you, hit you with are my you, initial thoughts. Are you sitting in the theater right now recording this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're cleaning up the popcorn from around my feet. Um, uh, okay. Sir, we're going to have to have you move your feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting on the second post credit scene, actually. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, Sonic, blue hedgehog video game character. If you're not familiar, 
He runs really fast. He collects rings. Uh, villain is named Dr. Robotnik, a.k.a. Eggman. Not really a lot of substance to the story in the video games, kind of like Mario. Um, but I did play the games when I was younger, so I am into this character. Uh, I liked this movie a lot, actually. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I would say, for me, it was a little bit better than Detective Pikachu. Whoa, okay. Yeah, so first of all, I guess elephant in the room, uh, Jim Carrey is fantastic. Yes! I was, I was literally laughing out loud multiple times, even when other people around me were not laughing. So maybe I'm just a moron, but I thought he was hilarious. Oh my gosh. Um, what, like, yeah. okay, let's talk. What, what kind of Jim Carrey was this? Was this him, like, in full, like, Ace Ventura? <laughs> like, I'm just making goofy faces and, like, being an idiot? <laughs> See, I feel like they did a great job because it wasn't like that the entire time, but there were definitely... <laughs> I'm, like, laugh, I'm laughing just thinking about Good it. Good Lord. But, you're making... I gotta go... Well, let's shut it down. I gotta go watch this right now. <laughs> uh, there were definitely times when he is, like fully unhinged including this entire three minute sequence where he's basically waiting for this thing to be analyzed like in his lab so he activates this entire like hype up dance sequence with this video wall where he's like doing all these <laughs> hilarious like dancing maneuvers and like mouthing the words to this song uh it is amazing is, is his humor kind of like phineas and ferb like the scientist from like no no not at all he's he's way more like mean like he's playing a straight up kind of like evil jerk character okay where he's just kind of like scowling around at everyone and like talking down to everyone and getting really upset whenever anyone talks to him uh it's really good i don't know if you've seen the trailer but there's one scene where his like he's like in the middle of you know getting ready or something and his assistant dude comes up behind him and tells him that he, like, made it, made him some latte or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, of course yeah. I like him. They're delicious. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, why would you bring me this now? And he's like, I don't know. I thought maybe you would like it. And he's like, oh, well, of course I, I'll take it. And then he's like, I love the way you make them. <laughs> he, like, screams it into his face. <laughs> it literally is one of the dumbest things ever, but I could not stop laughing. So Jim Carrey that is amazing, what you're getting. Dude. He really is. He's phenomenal. Uh, the rest of the movie was good. Uh, I thought the Sonic redesign, thank goodness they did that. It completely would have derailed the movie if they didn't do it. And Sonic was great. Uh, the visuals were great with him. I mean, not like of note, but you know, like suitable for what you would expect. Like it was fine. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to remember who voices him. I can't Uh, remember his name. Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. Ben Schwartz. Yes. John John Raffio from Parks and Rec. Um, he does a great job. I feel like this is the type of character that could have been terrible, uh, if he was like too annoying or like whiny, but I think he did a great job of making him just kind of ignorant enough, you know what I mean? To be funny, but not to the point where it gets like grating or annoying. Yeah. And Um, he was, was he, was he, did he do a good job of not making him just like a dumbed down kids character? Like, Oh, like I'm in a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit cartoonish, but overall, it was just the right balance, I think, of, of being, like, humorous and little kiddish, but not to where I wanted to punch him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, and James Marsden, good job. Uh, whoever played James Marsden's wife or girlfriend, great job. I thought all the people in the movie were good. 
uh, the jokes mostly landed. I mean, the story is very like whatever, but you know, it, it how doesn't were, really matter that much. I have two questions. Number one, how were the action sequences with Sonic? They were really good. Um, I mean, kind of like Detective Pikachu, where they were more good just for the nostalgia of seeing Sonic's powers like brought to life. It wasn't like they were like on a Marvel budget or anything like that. Um, but, but did they, they re- did they remind you of a Quicksilver from uh, X Men? Okay. Actually, yes, they did completely rip off one of those sequences uh, from X-Men where they literally do the exact same thing where time like stops and then he runs around and manipulates like, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. I mean, they definitely stole it, but it was cool. <laughs> it worked in the movie, so. And then my other that. question was going to be how much of this movie, like how much of the Sonic lore is not lore, but like how much recognizable stuff is in this movie from Sonic? Like, Quite do a they, bit. Do they um, do they a have good the job rings of like, in it? Right. Uh, they have the main town is called Green Hills, <laughs> which is obviously a reference to the Green Hill Zone, which is always the first level in a Sonic game. Right. Um, I mean, th- there's there's a post credit scene that definitely like introduces even more stuff from the Sonic universe. So if you're hoping for more movies, they leave the door open. Uh, do we so we'll get Do that. we get any scenes of Sonic getting hit with something and then all of his rings fly out? Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's cool. And they also do a cool job of kind of giving you the Jim Carrey transformation from the beginning of movie to the end of the movie of, like, becoming the full Dr. Eggman type character. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's cool, too. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that I was, like, going to ask you about this. Uh, do we get any appearance from, like, Knuckles or Tails? Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh. It could happen. Not in the beginning of the movie. I'll say hey, what, what's that big fat character's name that's like a cat? You know who I'm talking about? Is uh, he <laughs> cat, big fat cat. I am not I feel sure. like he, he was in like the later games, like on the Dreamcast. So I can't yeah, I don't know. Name. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway. Yeah, so I liked it a lot. I would definitely recommend it. Uh, I would give it out of 10. I think I would go with a 7.8. It was good. Awesome. That definitely, uh, man, I really want to see it. Unfortunately, I don't see any way I can go to the theater by myself as a mid-30s. Oh, that's okay. You can wait for it to come out on uh, rental. I mean, the main reason to see it is Jim Carrey, for sure. That's awesome, dude. And that's another reason why, like, again, like, imagine the performance he put in, not saying it was, like, Oscar-worthy, but just, like, such a fun, energetic performance. And then if they just would have let that CGI abomination, like, ruin, you know, exactly. ruin people getting a chance to see his uh, his work. And it's also cool because I could see the temptation to kind of make Jim Carrey, like, the main component of the movie. Uh, but they really don't. I mean, he's definitely, like, the villain but he's in, like, less than half of it. You know what I mean? So he doesn't, like, overstay his welcome in the movie. Which is Yeah, yeah. Movie. It's not like they're like, hey, we got Jim Carrey. Let's shove him in every frame of the movie. Correct, correct. Yeah. Kaysen, you gave Sonic the Hedgehog a 7.8. Yep. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Kaysen, let's move on to my review. As I mentioned, I was going to review Upgrade, but I said, you know what? I, I got to do – because Upgrade was, like, such a fun movie, but it just didn't feel like something I could dive into that hard. Yeah. Kaysen, I was in – after seeing Parasite – take the uh take the uh best picture academy award and we we're talking uh-huh. so much about our boy bong joon ho i said you know what let me go back and let me finish something that i never finished no way 
It's true, Kaysen. I went back and checked out the, and I started from the beginning, I'll have you know. So I, I watched the full thing. I watched the 2017 Netflix film that you oh. can watch right now, Okja. Yes, that is amazing. Case in Okja is the previous film from Bong Joon-ho. So if you are in the parasite mindset and you want to go back and see his previous film, ch- jump on Netflix, watch Okja. Case in, I love this movie so much. Yes, um, ag- good. Again, here's the thing. I know you said Parasite to you is far and away his best movie, but I feel like, man, you watch something like Okja, it's like, I don't know. Like, they're all just so good. All of his I- movies are so, like, top shelf amazing. I mean, I don't want to beat the nail over the head, but I, I just fundamentally do not understand how you can say that. <laughs> but it is what it is. It's all good. So Okja is a movie about um, this little girl. And they don't even really say it's Korea. Well, they do actually, yeah, because they go to Seoul. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. she's she's in South Korea in basically this this gigantic, I think they call it a super pig. Yes. Um, <laughs> 26 super pigs were created by this gigantic <laughs> food company called Mundo or like something like that. I, th- I can't I think of the remember. exact name. And again, I just saw, watched this like I just wrapped this up shortly before we started recording this. So I didn't get a chance to write it out. It might be a little sloppy with my review. But uh, 26 super pigs have been created uh, and they spread them all over the world. So 26 different pigs go to 26 different locations in this giant food corporation run by Tilda Swinton has this 10-year plan. They're going to take these super pigs that start off as super cute baby pigs, and they're going (laughs) to see after 10 years which pig is the biggest. Their whole plan is to basically show this to the world and hopefully use this as a means of feeding a starving earth. Uh (laughs) They mentioned in the beginning during this hilariously over-the-top promotional video how, uh, you know, there's millions and millions of people starving and hopefully these super pigs will uh, be the answer to that because they're, they're so much meat on them. Yeah. Um, so we flash forward 10 years. One of those 26 pigs is in the mountains of South Korea and <laughs> it is best friends. And that pig's name, by the way, is Okja, the name of yes. the film. Uh, so this amazingly adorable, gigantic CGI creature called Okja <laughs> is best friends with this girl who's probably, I don't know, 13 years old, I'd say. Okay. Um, Lives in the mountains. The beginning of the movie is so awesome. It really shows their connection. It shows their bond. It shows their friendship. I mean, this this gigantic pig in the beginning is willing to die for this girl, yeah. <laughs> which is just amazing. You just immediately feel that connection. It's one of those classic, like, you know, I don't want to say boy and his dog type things because that's not what it is, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, So... This movie sets up that beautiful bond, but then through a series of events, this shady corporation, I got to look up what it's called, but they basically step in, they take Okja away from the little girl, and all hell breaks loose. Um, She realizes that it's not not what they promised her. She'll never get her friend back. They're actually planning on slaughtering this poor, Uh (laughs) beautiful creature, and the whole movie is kind of this adventure of her teaming up with some uh, animal rights activists and uh, in, in trying to save her beloved best friend, Okja. Yeah. Um, if it sounds pre- crazy, it is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it sounds wild, but man, Kaysen, this movie has so much to say, just like Parasite, so, so much like layered 
commentary without being over the top in your face. I would say this movie's a little bit more on the surface as far as like what its message is in a way. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's so cool. The reason I like this movie so much is because it doesn't really tell you what to think. It just shows you things on the screen and then forces you to kind of look at yourself and be like, okay, again, I guess we'll have to just come out and say it. The whole movie's about like the process of eating meat. And it's kind of funny because we were just talking about Joaquin Phoenix, but you know, being so like anti this and this, but man, this movie made me feel some things. And I really was thinking like, gosh, it really makes you look inward and be like, am I complicit in this? Like what's going on with these like slaughterhouses and stuff? Because they set up these beautiful, gigantic pig creatures that are so adorable. You find out there's tons of them. And the end of the movie, I mean, did you feel like the end of this movie was a gut punch just as far Uh, as like, yeah, it is dark to say the least. And it's so weird because most of the movie is like relatively fun and adventurous and funny. And then the end is like not funny at all. It is like dark and sad. It's so just, it's just a gut punch is the only way I can describe it. And it's one of those things where it's like the movie does such an awesome job because they show you these horrific things, but it's almost like, okay, well, how can you feel bad? Because like you eat meat. (laughs) Didn't you kind of feel like they were getting that point across? It's almost, it's almost like they made this, this food corporation even more over the top, kind of like diabolical. And like, we don't care about this girl and her feelings and this animal because they wanted to show you like, okay, like we're showing you this evil, but like, do you care enough where you're going to do something about it? Audience who's watching this. (laughs) Right. It's it's almost like I really was feeling that as I was watching it. I was like, okay, they're showing all these atrocities happening to these beautiful creatures, but they're kind of daring you. Like, how much does this bother you? Like, does it bother right. you enough to where you're going to change your life? Or are yeah. you just going to kind of turn the other way and be like, well, that happens, but like, I'm still okay to like, you know, eat meat and do my thing. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I love this movie. Just like every Bong Joon-ho movie, it's so effortless. Everything about it is like so just kind of charming. Everyone's likable. I shouldn't say everyone's likable, but everyone's quirky in their own way. It just all feels so like free flowing. If I can use that description where he doesn't, it's like he doesn't take anything serious until it gets serious. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, we got to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. I was going to ask you about him. Jake Gyllenhaal plays some kind of Steve Irwin type character who like <laughs> is this this like animal host who's like a mini celebrity. I mean, look, I still don't know how I feel about this performance. I don't oh, know really? what like I, I just can't I just can't I don't know what he was doing. Like it was <laughs> the, one of the most over the top performances I've seen from an actor like of his caliber. I can't even remember the last time I saw something like this. Yeah, it, yeah. It was just batshit insane. Like I thought it was hilarious. It was so funny. It was just so weird. He was almost like, in a way, like playing his version of the Joker. Where yeah. he, he was this like celebrity who was on TV, but it was played up so over the top where he was just this goofy, bouncing off the wall, like high-pitched, screeching voice, like total weirdo. But uh, I loved it. It was like Bong Joon-ho just said, hey, go crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, all the characters were great. And again, the ending just I, – I almost feel like – because we can't spoil the ending, but do you feel like Kaysen – 
how do you feel about the ending? Like, do you feel like if they, because there's a clear point in the, towards the end, like at the very end, where they make a decision, like, okay, the movie's either going to go this way or this way. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, holy crap. Do you feel like you like the way it went? Or do you feel like it would have, like, what do you think the impact would have been if they went the other direction? I, I like the ending a lot. I actually thought it was perfect because I think it gives you a nice mix of being devastating and sad and like impactful at the end without being totally hopeless, if that makes sense. Like, sure. Like, it, it, it's satisfying from a story perspective and from an investment in what's happening perspective, but it doesn't just kind of like give you some over the top happy resolution, you know, like, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think he kind of got the best of both worlds with that. Although I feel like just for strictly like impact, he could have went in another direction if he wanted to. Um, yeah, he could have. I guess I thought it was impactful enough the way that they left it, like that he didn't need to be that cruel. <laughs> but sure. I don't know. Uh, it was insane though, because this is definitely one of those movies with, which is so cool with Bong Joon-ho and just the way he does things. Like it's so funny and breezy one minute, but you never, ever feel safe. Like even the end of the movie, yeah. when everything's hitting the fan, you really feel like, okay, I do not know what's going to happen. Like, I don't yeah. know if they're going to get out of this or if it's going to be the worst tragedy I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and, and that's the that's the sign of just great writing and a great director when he can keep the audience on their toes like that instead of most movies where you watch it and you're like, OK, like, I know I'm supposed to be feeling this right now, but like, I know they're cool. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, I, I think one other thing that I really like about this movie is that. I think it feels very global. Like, I really like the way that there's a mix of a Korean cast and an American cast. And, like, the whole movie is in multiple languages. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of yeah. just, like, going back and forth. And it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like some American movie that is being filmed in other places. I feel like it truly feels like a hybrid movie where it's not, like, Korean or American or whatever. It's just kind of like a global movie and i really like that i don't know for some reason that like stuck out to me about this absolutely i totally agree yeah i'm glad you brought that up because yeah i'd say half the movie's in english half of it's in korean so uh yeah. fantastic i think my main takeaway and then we'll wrap it up on okja is that like when i was watching it i was just thinking like what is my biggest like what am i what is my biggest takeaway here and it's like there's so much craziness going on in this movie and it's like so sad because our main protagonist, this little this girl who's like so, you know, she's not that young, but it's like all she cares about is this animal. Like that yep. is her only focus, the only thing she cares about. And it's like everybody else in the movie has all these other agendas, whether it's like positive with the animal rights activists who want to, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but you know what I mean? Like they have mm -hmm. other things on their agenda or the bad guys or the, these people or these people, but it's like yeah. the girl, she only cares about this animal. And that's, what's so beautiful about it. It's like, she yeah. doesn't care about anything else happening in these big adult ideas of like, what does all this mean? She, she just, just wants her friend back. <laughs> yeah. She just wants her friend back. And it's like, so sad and beautiful. And there were definitely scenes in this movie that got me choked up. No question. I mean, yeah. like, I was, like, getting tears in my eyes. Like, this is beautiful stuff or sad stuff. Um, but. Yeah. Case and I love this movie, Okja. I'm going to give this a solid nine out of ten. Ooh, that's good. Uh, real quick, what would you think of Tilda Swinton's uh, dual performance? 
Oh, fan, I, I would expect nothing less from Tilda Swinton. Like, okay. I loved it. Like, she was great. She was in classic Tilda Swinton. Also want to give a shout-out to Paul Dano. Um, uh-huh. He was so good. I feel like he is just a great actor, and he was great for this role. Yeah, for sure. As the uh, He was one of the animal rights activist uh, members. I also love seeing our boy from Walking Dead, Glenn, show up. Steven Yeun, uh, yeah. That was really cool. Um, yeah, just a great cast, great movie. If you have Netflix, please watch Okja. You will love it. Agree. Good pick. Absolutely. Kason, that's all we got for reviews. We watched Sonic. We watched Okja. We had a good time. Yes, we did. But, Kason, you know me. You've known me for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And you know there's two things that I love. What are they? Dev Patel. (laughs) Oh. One of my favorite actors. Uh Uh-huh. And movie trailers. Good pick. So why don't we dive into some movie trailers and talk about what we saw, what we think, and see if Dev Patel might show up <laughs> Let's do dur- it. during this fun. I think he will. Case in the first movie we're going to talk about is a new Wes Anderson film that comes out July 24th. This is called The French Dispatch. Oh. What did you think of this trailer? This cast is stacked. Amazing. Uh, now, I know that one of your favorite Wes Anderson films is Isle of Dogs. So uh, I, I hate think you. maybe I should defer this one to you. But I will say, I think it looks fantastic. Um, cast is amazing. It's, I mean, I don't know what to say. It looks exactly like what you would hope it would look like. Yeah, I kept commenting, this looks like the most Wes Anderson movie to ever exist. Like, it's yeah. like everyone, it it's strictly comes down to, if you like Wes Anderson, who made the Grand Budapest Hotel, Royal Tenenbaums, uh, Life Aquatic, Isle of Dogs, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, anyway, if you like his vibe, you'll like this. No question. If you don't forget about it. I can't tell if it's going to be something that is in chapters that do not relate to each other, or if it's going to be something where everything is like interconnected, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I think both. Like, I think it'll be maybe one of those things where it's separate chapters, but then they come together kind of kind of like Grand Budapest Hotel. Correct. Case. And this has Timothy Chalamet, uh, Shirsa Ronan, <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Moss, Edward Norton, Willem Dafoe, Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, Bill Murray, Adrian Brody, Owen Wilson, Benicio del Toro, Francis McDormand, Jeffrey Wright, Liv Schreiber, Jason Schwartzman. Good lord, it's unbelievable. Yeah, the cast is out of control. That's called the French Dispatch. It comes out July twenty fourth. Looks very Wes Anderson ish. Sweet. Case okay, so next up coming out on May eighth. We have a movie starring, hey, strangely enough, a guy that I love, Dev Patel. <laughs> the Slumdog Millionaire. The Slumdog Millionaire himself, Kaysen. It's called The Personal History of David Copperfield. What did you think of this trailer? It looks fantastic. Um, this is from the director, right, of The Death of Stalin? Correct, which I did not see, but you loved. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I think that guy was associated with Veep. If I, oh, really? I believe so. I think that's where he started. Um, I think he's really funny. I don't even know what his name is, but I can look it up later. Uh, I'm excited for this. I, I think it, I love good comedies that aren't just slapstick. So let's get Yeah. It. I mean, it looks beautiful. It looks like another one of those kind of like, I feel like we've been seeing this a lot lately with a movie we'll talk about soon called Emma and just like, even like little women where it's kind of just these like twists on classical tales. And I think that's cool. As long as they're well done, I'm down to keep getting those. I don't, I don't think, I think this is going to be a straight up comedy though. 
was oh, my, really? yeah, kind of like Death of Stalin, where I feel like it's just going to be like hilarious situations that kind of spiral out of control. I could be wrong, but I guess I just assumed that he was going to continue his his usual way of doing things. But maybe yeah, it won't, maybe it'll be more serious. I don't know. No, you're probably right. I mean, the trailer definitely leaned way heavier into the comedy, so you're probably right. There were actually scenes in the trailer that were genuinely hilarious. Where yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, this is going to be funny. Yeah. I'm excited um, but about that. Dev Patel looks great. And again, this stars Tilda Swinton. Can't get enough of her. I really can't. Case and that comes out May 8th. That's called The Personal History of David Copperfield. How about March 14th? Holy crap, that's coming up. Case and we got a movie set in post-Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans called Cutthroat City. Yeah. What do you think of this? Uh, I don't have much to say. I mean, it looks it looks interesting. <laughs> it looks okay. <laughs> what do you it think looks- of it? <laughs> It looks okay. It, it doesn't. It looks like something that maybe would be entertaining if it was on TNT. Like a, you know, like late, it looks like I, the plot is so broad and kind of all over the place that I I can't tell if I think it'll be good or not. Yeah, I don't know because it kind of looked like a combination of like race relation drama mixed with like heist movie. Well, yeah, it looks like it's like a heist, but then also like somebody owes somebody money, but then also there's like drug dealing involved, maybe. It's like, okay, I don't know. It looks like Ethan Hawke is just punching a lot of windows. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's called Cutthroat City. That also has uh, Terrence Howard, Ethan Hawke, um, T.I. is in this, Wesley Snipes is in this. And who's the guy, who was the voice of uh, Miles Morales? Oh. Uh, somebody Moore, Shamika Moore. Shamika Some- Moore, yeah. Yeah, he's like the main guy in this, so. Cool. Anyway, it's called Cutthroat City. comes out March 14th. Kaysen, what about the movie that comes out May 29th? You know how hyped I am about this, The Green Knight. Also, <laughs> yeah, what is this? I mean, Also starring oh our boy Dev Patel. Yeah, also starring Dev Patel, as well as Alicia Vikander, as well as Joel Edgerton. Uh, man, I don't know what is going on here, but I am very intrigued. Um A24 is distributing this, known for making great picks with what movies they acquire. Oh, yeah. Uh, It looks like a mix of a medieval horror fantasy type thing where it's going to be, like, disturbing. There's going to be, like, monsters in it, but also Dev Patel is some kind of king. I know nothing about the plot, but it looks weird. I just so, feel like I, mean, I feel like visually this movie looks out of control, like absolutely insane. I mean, the only you just have to watch the trailer. Like, go watch the trailer for the Green Knight. Um, you're going to be blown away. The opening of the trailer is like this slow zoom in on this like knight in armor sitting on a throne, and then all of a sudden his head bursts into flames as the camera is just like slowly panning in on him. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious. It's directed by David Lowry. Um, oh, love him, yeah. Who directed that movie, A Ghost Story, on Netflix. Yep, yep, Which yep. is supposed to be, like, one of the slowest-moving movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene in that movie where uh, Rooney Mara eats a pie for, like, six minutes straight on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of curious if this will be, like, how accessible it will be, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think we'll find out. I mean, just based on the trailer, though, wow. Yeah. That comes out May 29th. That is called The Green Knight. Case and last thing we got to talk about. Let's talk about our boy Hopper. He's back. Spoiler yeah, away. I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> Case and Stranger Things dropped an out of nowhere trailer for season four. I don't even really want to call it a trailer. It was more just a get hyped clip. Yeah. But uh, we're not in Hawkins anymore, Keenan. We're not in Hawkins, Case, and we're in Russia with uh, <laughs> Ivan Drago. Oh, and man. 
things are looking crazy. I, I don't know what you thought of this. I thought this was genius just to put this out right now and be like, hey, get ready. Stranger Things is coming. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I don't really think they gave us any info other than David Harbour's back, but we all kind of knew that. So The thing that I liked about it, exactly, that's what I liked about it. The fact that everybody knew just based on the teaser at the end of season three, like, unless, you're a, unless you're a simpleton, everyone yeah. knew that like David Harbour is coming back. So, so they may the as fact, well have just come out with it. Exactly, yeah. The fact that they were just like, yeah, here he is. I'm like, okay, cool. Now it's not something that it feels like you're trying to keep that close to the vest. Yeah, there was no release date or anything, right? Um, no, I think this doesn't even come out this year. I feel and like it Is this out. confirmed the final season or no? No, I think five is the final season. Interesting, okay. The actors uh, are going to be getting old. <laughs> I know. I thought that, uh, I thought Stranger Things season three started off bad and then got insane. Like, really? I feel like the first couple episodes of season three, I was not into. I was like, this feels goofy. The humor feels forced. I'm just not liking it. And then all of a sudden, wow, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it definitely started off a little weaker. Season two is still my favorite season. And what a great um, addition to add that girl to the uh, with Steve. What was her name? You know who I'm talking oh, about that yeah. worked at the ice cream? Uh, whoever's daughter, uh, <laughs> being very nonspecific. I don't know. Oh, yeah, daughter name. of who? Uh, some, no. you know what I'm talking about, right? Some yeah, famous yeah, yeah. person's daughter? Who is it? Yeah, we'll, we'll have our, te- we'll have our uh, behind the scenes guy look into that. I'm on it right now. Perfect. Go ahead and transition uh, and then I'll fill <laughs> Yeah, so, Case, and that's all we got as far as movie trailers go. Got some good stuff coming up, but... Mm-hmm. Maya Hawk, Ethan Hawke's daughter. Ethan Hawke, who we just talked about from Cutthroat City smashing windows. His daughter is smashing everything in Stranger Things. <laughs> that's right. Her name's Robin. Perfect. Kaysen, thank you for getting on that. No problem. Uh, Kaysen, that's all the movie trailers we got, but as you know, our our hunger for cinema, we're, we're like young Scorsese's, Kaysen. We can't, <laughs> we can't get enough of cinema. Will your thirst never be quenched? Kaysen, let's talk. <laughs> Do, don't you like me, lobster? No, that's my uh, impression of that kid who loves The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Wait, what is that kid? What a classic YouTube sensation who talks about how The Legend of Zelda is better than Mario. You know that kid? Oh, yeah, yeah, the kid who's like... The Legend of Zelda is the greatest video game. Yeah, the kid kid who's like, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And then then he's like, will your thirst never be quenched? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's also the same kid who keeps calling his sister. He's like, what are you, some kind of a friggin' moron? (laughs) Nailed it. If anybody doesn't know what this is, please look it up on YouTube right now. Uh, for sure, we just lost seven listeners with whatever we're uh, Yeah, to YouTube, I hope, looking up that kid. Kaysen, let's talk about what's coming out in theaters this week. We got some movie called Bram's <laughs> semicolon The Boy 2. No. <laughs> I saw a trailer for this uh, no. before. I don't even know what movie. Sonic? Uh, no, thankfully not Sonic. I don't even want to talk about this because no, who calls their movie Bram's semicolon The Boy 2? Well, it's a sequel to the phenomenon, The Boy, the classic what, horror movie. But was the first one Bram semicolon The Boy? No, 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 no. Just The, the boy. Where, Who the hell's Bram's? Where did Bram's <laughs> come from? It's The New Boy. <laughs> it's the worst movie ever. This is I don't some care. weird, like, another one of those dumb, dummy horror movies. Hey, know. we found a doll that we could just set on fire, but it's killing <laughs> everyone in the family. It's looking around when we're not looking. <laughs> Did you see its eyes move? <laughs> oh, I shit my pants. <laughs> it, oh, man. Case, and speaking of crapping our pants, we also have 77-year-old Harrison Ford starring in The Call of the Wild with a CGI dog that looks straight out of 1996. 
All right, listen, um, I have been a known hater of this trailer because the CGI dog looks so terrible. Yeah. But this movie has a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, so... That's not bad, but... That's not bad. And this first review says, Breathtaking! Exclamation mark. A heartwarming, family-friendly, epic journey well worth taking. The trailer just kept being like Harrison Ford just being like, I don't think Buck likes to go fishing. <laughs> and then, like, the dog looked like a Sonic the Hedgehog creation. And then Harrison Ford would be like, oh, I guess Buck does like to go fishing. Yeah, I have no interest in seeing this, but it might be a fun family thing. And then some random side character was literally talking to the dog about how Harrison Ford has never loved any creature like he loves you. And the right, dog's right. like, well, I'm a dog, so I don't even know what you're saying right now. <laughs> oh, well. It is Case what in- it is. I plan on. It's got Dan Stevens in it. Dan Stevens is in this. What? Yeah, man. Well, you're gonna have to go see that next Monday at 3 p.m. I don't think so. Case and last up, we got Emma, starring our girl Anna Taylor Joy. Love her. This movie looks great. Another spin on a classic story that we all know. Um, I don't know. I think this looks awesome. What do you think? It looks awesome. I'm very, very excited for this. Are you gonna go watch this? Uh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it just looks very like witty and like they got the dialogue right i think 100 percent agree yeah i can't wait to hear your thoughts on this that's called emma um which has been made a ton of times but this looks like they're actually doing something cool with it yeah for sure it looks kind of like the favorite if it was less weird <laughs> yes yeah, like sli- less intense slightly less weird version of the favorite but still looks uh quality yeah Kaysen, that's all we got upcoming. We got we Bram's it. semicolon, the boy too. <laughs> and uh-huh. no. Uh, we got the call of the wild, Buck likes to go fishing. And we got <laughs> and we got Emma. Just the one Emma. redeeming quality of this week, Emma. The one redeeming quality. Kaysen, let's move on to everyone's favorite part of the show. That's the mailbag. We got some good questions that we're going to wrap up this episode with. We actually have three terrific questions now. We do. Just in case someone was sleeping for the last hour and a half, how can you write in and ask us a question? Uh, I believe you would have to join the social medias. Absolutely. Instagram, follow us there at Hollywood underscore week. Facebook, you got to join the group. We're having some good times, good discussions over there. We are. Our, our boy, Matt Bischoff, wrote in, and he's got a good one. He said, drive-ins are a summer staple in the Midwest, and I would are say they? probably all over the country. Um, <laughs> okay. If you had to choose a realistic double feature for the summer, he's saying kids movie first, then something for the adults. What would the two movies be? You can choose a horror movie as the second movie if you think the kids will be asleep. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks, Matt. I think I will. Wait, Andy said also included, what is your go-to movie snack? (laughs) I like that inclusion. Awesome. Kaysen, what do you got for us? All right, so uh, I'm going to be sitting there at the drive-in with my future children. Uh, First movie comes on screen. Oh, by the way, I'm eating a box of those chocolate-covered cookie dough balls candy. Eh, Uh, fat. That's my... (laughs) What are you going to pick, spinach? Uh, Anyway. I mean baby carrots. Uh, Yeah, baby carrots. So anyway, the first movie comes on. All-time classic Lego movie. You got Chris Pratt up there just giving the crowd what they came for. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Kids love it. Adults love it. It's got stuff for everyone. You don't need that big of a screen to appreciate it. It's a great drive-in movie. Uh, Kids fall asleep. Next movie comes up for the grown-ups. Eyes Uh, wide shut. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
We have one of my favorite horror movies ever, You're Next. Oh uh, my gosh. A hilarious movie that is driven mainly by its humor and the plot twists and the screen, once again, doesn't need to be that large to appreciate the movie, uh, which was clearly a big factor in my decision here. So <laughs> small screen movies is what I was going for. Okay, okay. So, so you went Lego movie and you are next as you're eating, what do you say, chocolate-covered something? Chocolate-covered cookie dough balls. Uh, that's some, <laughs> okay, no comment. Um, <laughs> what do you got? Matt Bischoff, I thought a little more deeply about this. I'm going to give you the correct answer. I'm chewing on some milk duds. You know it. Maybe two boxes. Maybe milk three. Duds. Yeah, I'm all wow. about the duds. <laughs> um, case, and I'm chewing on them as I'm watching a family-friendly kids classic home alone two oh burglars two burglars trying to break in and mess up our boy kevin he's not gonna let it happen iron to the face paint can to the face slipping <laughs> on marbles tacks in the feet here's a brick to the head i mean that's pretty similar to my second pick of your next so uh well here's why i'm gonna win Kason, because okay. i thought thematically what's similar so i'm gonna say kids went to sleep they're dreaming of joe pesci saying frickin frackin jack and tackin um <laughs> as he's as he's falling in the snow pissing himself kids are falling asleep to that image but Uh, now it's time for mommy and daddy to enjoy something and what's that movie gonna be how about the strangers starring Liv tyler because you gotta know all break-ins are not family-friendly bs sometimes that is actually a good thematic choice Thank you. Sometimes it gets real, Kaysen. So, yeah, I'm going to say Home Alone, and then we're following it up with the horrific nightmare of The Strangers. <laughs> I like that pick. That movie is genuinely horrific. Pretty brutal. Both break-in films, one of them slightly unrealistic, the other one a little more gritty. Yeah. One of them has Joe Pesci. Matt Bischoff, that's a fantastic question, I think we gave fantastic answers. But, Kaysen, let's move on to our next guy. We got our boy, first time write-in, Wes Tesca. Wes Tesca is asking a good question. He said, what is the best and worst casting change in a television series of all time? (laughs) All right. Now, we looked at this question differently, Kaysen. Why don't you go ahead and and start off with your interpretation of Wes Tesca's question? All right, so uh, in my opinion, the best casting change in a television series of all time, uh, even though I have not seen this series, I really want to watch it because I know it's gotten a lot of praise specifically for how well this casting change works. Uh, I'm going to say The Crown for the casting change of Claire Foy in seasons one and two to Olivia Colman in season three onward in their portrayal oh. of the queen. Okay, that now that is a fantastic choice. Despite the fact you haven't seen it, I like that you're thinking like that. Uh, yeah, I have heard so many amazing things about the show, and especially the way that the transition to having Olivia Coleman play an older version of the character uh, just works so well. Um, I mean, both of these actresses are phenomenal, and I think it's really cool the way that they're telling the story and the way that they changed a lot of the cast over from the first two seasons to season three, so... Okay, what's your worst? Uh, worst pick for casting change in a TV series. Easy choice. Uh, it's going to be Dario from Game of Thrones, Daenerys's boyfriend. Oh, somehow, yes. Somehow in season one, he was some blonde, long-haired dude. <laughs> and then he becomes a completely different-looking character to the point where I actually had to look up and ask people what was going on because I could not comprehend 
who this character was that came out of nowhere. So Well, wait, although I don't think the new Dario was bad. No, he, just he wasn't looked... bad, but the casting change was yeah, terrible because yeah, yeah, yeah. it That's made true. no sense at all. Yeah, he just looked a lot different. It was originally yeah. played by the dude from The Nightingale, right? The bad yes, guy, Sam correct. Claflin. Yep. Wow. That's what I got. Case, and that's good. See, West Tesca, I misinterpreted, or I just thought of it in a different way. I was thinking when you were asking, like, what's the best and worst casting change as far as, like, a show bringing in characters? Like, mid-season, second season, third season. Like, what's an example of that helping the show? What's an example of that hurting the show? Uh Um, So I maybe didn't understand. I'm going to approach it from that direction. The best example of this, Case, and that I could think of, and there's multiple, multiple examples of great characters coming into a show Uh i'm gonna go though parks and rec introducing ben and chris oh that is a great choice at the end of season two because those two characters became fan favorites they lasted all seven seasons they were phenomenal characters for the other characters in the show like Uh they all had very integral parts like to play in the show they weren't just like kind of nobodies and i feel like they came into the show right when it was hitting its prime, and there are a big reason for that. Yeah, absolutely. Played masterfully by Adam Scott and Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Parks and Rec, end of season two, they introduced Ben and Chris. Nice. Kaysen, worst is obviously lost, season three. <laughs> we got the introduction of Nikki and Paulo. Oh, the two worst TV characters in history. This was not only bad because the characters themselves were garbage, but also because just the way they shoehorned them into the show was unbelievably awkward. Yeah, it was. I mean, just like next level awkward, like the way that (laughs) they, they tried to act like they were there on the beach the whole time. And they just kept showing them in random shots, talking to like Sawyer. And it's like, wait, who is this idiot? Yeah, that was such a weird decision. Like they just needed to fill an extra episode for the sake of like having 24 in the season. But it's also weird because you'd think Damon and Carlton would be smart enough to be like, okay, we have these new characters. At least let's acknowledge they're new and just like start off the first time we ever show them is like something with their, they're in, they're involved in something. You know what I mean? Instead of just weird cutaway shots of them like, hey, Sawyer, I'm going to the well to get some water. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, who is this guy? It was rough. Anyway, Nikki and Paolo, you suck. Those are good picks. Wes Tesca, great question. Thank you so much. Kaysen, let's move on to the final question of episode 17. Our boy, Hagler, Matt. He writes in, and this is something you're going to have to take over because you're much more experienced in this than I am. He wants to know, what is your favorite book to screen adaptation and what is your least favorite? Kaysen, you read a lot more than I do. I don't read so good. (laughs) I do read quite a bit. Uh, Well, I used to. I don't know if I do anymore. Um, I would say my favorite book to screen adaptation, uh, I'm not going to say Game of Thrones just because the ending hurt me so bad, but if we're just counting the earlier seasons, I would probably go with Game of Thrones because that is masterfully put to the screen during the adaptation phase. Uh, but my favorite movie adaptation has got to be Harry Potter. Um, I love the Harry Potter books and I feel like those movies really do a great job capturing the magic of the books no pun intended and i think the cast is perfect 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's honestly what I was gonna say, and I know that's such a cheap answer for me because like everybody reads Harry Potter. But hey, I thought it was an amazing adaptation. Like it was, yeah. The way that the character, especially, I feel like it was mainly a great adaptation when it came to the casting. I just feel like all of the characters really they did a great job of like casting actors that fit the your imagination, like how absolutely. you would envision them. Even the side characters. I mean, even like Dumbledore, Snape, McGonagall, Luna, Neville, Luna. Yeah, All Cho perfect. Chang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cho Chang, Matt Chang's crush. <laughs> Maybe you never know. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Those were uh, th- those were amazing movies. What about worst though? Uh, worst was pretty easy for me, just because this is one of my favorite series of all time. And I have been waiting for it to finally get some kind of amazing adaptation. And the one time I thought it could happen, it was an epic nightmare failure. Uh, So that has got to be The Dark Tower, starring Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba. Um, Amazing, amazing Stephen King series, but absolutely terrible movie. I feel like, honestly, if think about this. You had Matthew McConaughey as the man in black and Idris Elba as the gunslinger. And if you fail at that, you got to feel like an idiot. I know. Because think of those two actors. Like you couldn't ask for more. It's true. (laughs) You blew it. Whoever made that and wrote that should be, I mean, good Lord, Kaysen. They need someone like Denis to like make that movie. Or, you know, someone who just has an incredible ability to like have a vision for crazy fantasy sci-fi stuff. Yeah, that's a great pick. That is a great pick. Hagler, Matt, that's a fantastic question. Kaysen, I think you answered it pretty well. I think we also got to give a shout out to Lord of the Rings. I know a lot. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people, like, I never read those books, but the movies were great, and I know a lot of people thought they were a great kind of uh, adaptation. Um, Oh, yeah. And then, I don't know, Twilight Sucks, Hunger Games, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of Hunger Hunger Games? Hunger Games was pretty good. I mean, I thought it was... I thought it was a suitable adaptation. Can I ask you a question, Kaysen, about Hunger Games that I still do not have a definitive answer on? It's like sure. it's almost like the last Hunger Games movie was so bad to me that I like wiped it from memory to where I can't <laughs> remember plot points. Yeah, go ahead. Huge spoilers for Hunger Games. I'm talking gigantic, so do not listen if you are somehow stuck in, you know, <laughs> 2000 tunnel. Kaysen, does Jennifer Lawrence's younger sister die in the last movie? Yes. That's what I thought. But in the movie, (laughs) wasn't it done horrifically where it was like so shit, like so badly done that like it was over in a flesh? I can't really remember, honestly. I mean, I I have the books much more in my mind than the movies. So I I honestly don't remember what it looked like in the last movie. I only saw that one time. Okay, because like the fact I can't even remember if she died. I was She's like, like a medic, and so she dies in like a bombing in the capital, like during the war. Oh, uh, God, that last movie sucked, Case. The, really, the last <laughs> two movies were garbage, I thought. Yeah, anyway. they were pretty bad. Hegler, Matt, you can ignore Hunger Games and Twilight, but check out Kaysen's recommendations. What a fantastic group of questions, Kaysen. They did good. Yeah, that was good. Wow. Kaysen, let's move on to our MVPs. we got to drop them. We're not going to forget this week. And then we got to wrap it up because I know you <laughs> got to go write a 10,000-word essay on Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> That's right. For med school. For med school, yeah. Uh, Kaysen, oh, who's your oh, Hey, just a random thing about that movie. In the movie, the, uh, they conveniently have James Marsden's wife be a veterinarian <laughs> so that, like, oh she, can, she can try to, like, analyze Sonic when he's, like, injured and, <laughs> like, fix him. 
it's pretty hilarious. That's pretty. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Uh, my MVP for the week, I'm going with Jim Carrey. He was a great Dr. Robotnik. I thought he was hilarious and probably the hardest I've laughed this week. So there you go. Awesome. I love seeing Jim Carrey get some love. It's probably uh, our MVP award is probably something he would actually accept if we sent it to him. (laughs) Sadly, you're probably right. Case and my MVP for the week for episode 17 is going to be our boy Lee Winnell, director of Upgrade. I thought he I thought he killed it with this movie. Um, and he's about to drop The Invisible Man, which I am hoping is great as well. After seeing Upgrade, I actually have a lot of faith that'll be a fun kind of like entertaining ride. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I'm interested in that for sure. So, so Lee Winnell, you win for the work you put in on Upgrade. You're <laughs> you the MVP. It. Congrats. You did it. Kaysen, that was it. What an episode 17. I can't believe it. It feels like it flew by. It did. We flew through a lot of news there. We flew through it, Kaysen. Do you have anything else to say before we wrap it up? I don't think so. I think I'm good. All right, all right, all right. Kaysen. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, the, the, the man in black, Matthew McConaughey, says, all right, all right. Kaysen, we got to wrap it up. Thank you to everyone listening. We will be back next week, as always, for episode 18. Kaysen, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on Bone Tomahawk, and I can't wait to let you know what I think of the biggest anime film of all time, your Ooh, I can't wait either, Keenan. See you next week. Later. <laughs> <laughs>